is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we are able to chat with Cal over Zoom video. You'll probably recognize Cal as uh, one half of the amazing group Time Flies. He's the front man for Time Flies, who has now broken off as a solo artist. Cal talks about being born and raised just outside of New York, taking the train into New York City as a kid. He was part of a gospel choir growing up. He talks about his musical influences growing up, huge fan of classic rock and 90s hip hop, which led him into the world of freestyling. He tells us a story about his senior year of high school. Some kids were kind of in a circle at a, at a party trying to freestyle, and he just went in there and, and crushed it. <laughs> and then he did the same thing when he was a freshman in college, and it became this, oh, Cal's the guy that can freestyle really well. He told us about the first band he was in, how they won a battle of the bands and were able to open up for Ludacris, and how that band eventually turned into Rob and himself forming Time Flies. Cal talks about breaking off as a solo artist and his most recent song, Roll the Credits. You can watch the interview with Cal and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase. Because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Cal. This podcast is about you, uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record you have or the EP coming out and yep. the latest songs. Um, I don't know if you mind tapping in a little bit to the time fly stuff because I know it's part of your journey. We won't hang there very long, but just curious. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> cool, it. man. Awesome, awesome. So, I are you from New York originally? I am from New York. Yes. Born and raised. Born and raised just outside New York City. Talk to me about that a little bit. Uh, so I was raised by two mass hole parents, which is uh, what people <laughs> slang for people from Massachusetts. Sure. I was raised in a Red Sox onesie. Um, and so that was a lot of tough times growing up being a Red Sox fan, but, um, I'm also a Knicks fan and Rangers. Uh, anyway, it's weird, but, uh, New York was, you know, you had the city right there. I lived in a suburb where every parent took the train into the city to go work in Manhattan. So it was a really interesting, but awesome childhood to be, ex to have that around the corner, but also, you know, have kind of a quieter life growing up. And so got into kind of performing i was always drawn to music and performance and stuff like that and so i was like i was joined a gospel choir and was like i don't know i just always like had the bug for that kind of stuff but i was very nervous about being on stage which would change you, later. yeah okay sure yeah. well did you have pretty i mean as a kid growing up would you guys access the train and go to new york quite often like i mean like with friends would you guys go you know let's let's head I mean, to the city 
for the day or whatever. There was no open container law on trains. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it would be like, that's kind of like, we, we would even like ride the train just to whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we went in the, we went in the city a little bit. Um, not as much as like looking back, I wish we did. You know, it's like, I'm sure for a lot of people listening, it's like, you know, you like find an abandoned spot in the woods and, mm-hmm. you know, like. You, that's kid, the party spot. Kids. Yeah, sure. Well, it's just because you, you know, growing up with such access, I mean, to be able to go pretty much anywhere in New York by just hopping on a subway or a train is pretty crazy. That's if the parents uh, didn't have a say in it, you know, they were <laughs> right. But I mean, in reality, yeah. like you could be like, oh, mom, I'm going to head to, you know, Manhattan and then just get on and go to Brooklyn or, you know, wherever. <laughs> you you like, cat. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the freedom to. <laughs> you're, right. you're right. You're right. Right on. You talked about uh, being in a gospel choir early on. How early were you learning music or picking up an instrument? I was. Um, let's see. I. Pretty, pretty early on, I got into um, playing guitar and singing. And then I just started, I had a very weird taste in music. Like I kind of missed a lot of the scene of like the early pop punk stuff that a lot of my mm-hmm. friends were into because my parents were such music enthusiasts. And I'm blessed. Like my first concert ever was Bruce Springsteen. And then, and then I went oh, to like, rad. yeah, I went to a lot of like classic rock and I would fall asleep every night to James Taylor, New Moonshine or or like, I don't know if people fall asleep to music playing, but I, I was like, I am addicted to like the classic rock harmonies. You know, they're mm-hmm. not like super standard thirds and fifths. Like there's a lot of movement. And so that influenced me a lot. And then much to their dismay, I dove head first into 90s hip hop. <laughs> and then, you know, a lot of Kanye stuff, but like I was so influenced by hip hop. And then, you know, that's kind of brought me to where I am in terms of mm-hmm. like this hip hop fast rhythmic, even if I'm singing, it's usually pretty rhythmic and then um, big harmonies. So mm-hmm. that explains a lot there. That's cool. And what, yeah. like, were you, you know, in the chorus at school? Like how did your like journeys so-and-so begin? Like you there talked were, about playing like guitar and stuff. Were there, were there lessons involved or? Not really. I was doing it terribly, but doing it enough to like, I was never the person who's like, can you play this? But I was, cause every time I picked it up, I would start like writing or humming something. And, oh, okay. um, and so I would write a lot of stuff, but I never thought about like, Oh, I'll release a song or do something like that. But my high school, I was blessed in my Marinick high school. They had this program called uh pace. It was this performing arts classes. And it was like, I did it once as like, someone was like, you should try this. And it was just like, this is a class like doing like do big arm circles and make your face wide and then small and like now perform an interpretive. And it's like, what is happening? But it was so freeing for me on like a spiritual level to be like, I had this shyness and I, I was very, very small. I graduated high school at like five foot five and I'm six feet now. So I was like, I was, wow. the, small, I was the small kid. And so I was, I was shy and this put me in a headspace of like, no one cares. Just, mm-hmm. just do what you're going to do. You know, like people just want to see you be you. And so that was very freeing and um, would open me up later when I got to college and started a band and everything. Yeah. So you didn't, you weren't in a band in high school, didn't come until uh, college? No, not really. I mean like that, well, I never performed with a band. I was in like a, a bunch of basement bands, you know, when we okay. were 
we were terrible, but that's where you get good. Um, right, right, right. And then, um, yeah, I got to college and the hip hop stuff had me into, there was this, um, song, it was Big Al and Jay-Z seven minute freestyle. And I memorized every single word of that. Oh and I was like, I could do like both their freestyle. They would go back and forth in this freestyle. Mm -hmm. and I would do it. And then I realized quickly that like, damn, I have a, I'm like good at freestyling. Like I can, I can think like a, a phrase ahead, which allows me to set up something, mm -hmm. um, a thought. And so I, it was like senior year of high school and I was at this party and these kids were in a circle and I was like, Oh man, are they freestyling? You know, I'm the shy kid. And right. the, the kids saying like socks and I got it with the clocks or something like that. And I'm like, I just like stepped into the circle and just had my moment of just, and just, just torn up. Apart. Yeah, I just ripped <laughs> it with like all these different cadences and everyone's looking at me like, I've never, I know I've seen this kid, but I've never seen this kid in my life. What, <laughs> what the hell? And I was like, damn, I can do this. And so then fast forward to freshman year, I'm at a party and another one of the, you know, everyone thinks they can freestyle. And so I was in another situation, ripped this kid up. And this, this guy was like, uh, yo, I have a band, um, but it's all instrumental and we need a singer. Would you sing? And so I was like, sure. I came down there. Fast forward. We won battle of the bands where we got to open for uh, Ludacris. Wow. And so uh, this was like at the college. There's yep. a college battle of the bands. College battle of the bands was seven piece funk band. And I was at the time I'm like, like between the classic rock and the hip hop. There's also a big like um, like Janis Joplin and and uh, James Brown and Muddy Waters. Like there was a big blues phase for me. And so that mixed in with this funk band where we did like a blues funk version of Ludacris area codes where it's like I've got hoes in different oh. area. <laughs> And like a, a horn section, like dun 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 dun, dun. and it, it was it was really cool because we played that next to Ludacris, and he like shouted. It was it was awesome. That's rad. Yeah. So is that the song you played to for the Battle of the Bands too, or the did Battle, you do something the Battle of the Bands? We didn't do that. We we worked that one when we knew we were opening for Ludacris. But okay. the Battle of the Bands songs were like, um, you know, Soul Man. Um, and uh, there were two that I had written. So I was just getting into like, I really love writing music. Let's try to like workshop this. And me and the drummer just had like a vibe. The drummer mm -hmm. is Rob Resnick and he, me and him would go on to form Time Flies from this. Okay, from um, this band. From this band. And everyone, I, I went to school and I was studying econ or something, something boring. And then I was like, everyone in the band was a music major. And I was like, oh my God. I'm going to major in music and started doing that and started, you know, exploring and learning more about the craft. And this, um, everyone was like very into like, it's right because it's wrong, you know, which I love like the jazz brain, the jazz heads. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Uh, but they, um, Rob, the drummer and I really connected mm -hmm. on like, yeah, but I feel like this is more like, you know, we had a sensibility of, um, we were just kind of aligned on what we wanted to mm -hmm. do. And so that we ended up, um, it was, we were doing a summer course. Um, we stayed around campus and the rest of the band left. And then we started writing original music and, um, you know, it was just like for our friends to like play at parties. And then one of our friends sent it around to a bunch of blogs and other places and it kind of blew up. And then we were like, Oh, if they like that. Which oh. is it is. And it's so just, is that, so was it, were you guys time flies at this time or was it just let's I just have that, fun or kind of hanging out and then 
I think that first post said it was Fade was the name of the song, and it was Cal produced by Rob Resnick. I, or Time Flies, Cal produced. I, I, I forget the exact wording, but the uh-huh. next release, we were Time Flies. And, and we were like, damn, why doesn't it say Time Flies? And we had had that. Um, we were terrible procrastinators, and we would always say Time Flies, and just kind of like stuck as a name for us, and we would call each other. And so we immediately knew that was going to be our name, and then we started working on our sound. Wow. So it all started with just, do you know who were, was sending around the song or just happened yeah, to land in somebody? still my manager. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he was our uh, housemate in college and he's a great guy. Um, and it's actually my two housemates in college um, are our managers and they're incredible and they're now big managers in the industry, but we all kind of learn the industry together. That is awesome. And yeah. you all kind of came up together then. Yeah. It was like, uh, we were big fans of the show Entourage and we were just doing it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that song really, you know, set the the pace for what ended up happening with Time Flies. And Uh, obviously millions of streams later. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, what it did was it created this. um, I wish blogs were still the way that they were at. This is probably like our first release, maybe 2011. Mm -hmm. And, And at this time, blogs are like defining like oh my god who is this dance artist like right remember dance wasn't dominating radio at this time like avici puts out levels and they're like this isn't this can't work at radio we have to put flow ride on it and make it a pop song right you know? right so, so at this time dance was kind of leading the way in that sense or, or blogs were leading the way in that sense of like oh these cool hip-hoppy sounds mixed with these dance elements that you're not hearing on radio Mm-hmm. there's no street you're not like finding these obscure artists on spotify or something so blogs were the wave and so we started getting deep into that community and um just posting original music there and then we had the idea to do time flies tuesday which was me picking topics out of a hat and freestyling every tuesday um that's that, a rad idea that kind of sent us um and what were you doing that like on youtube or yeah we were, on- post- we were posting it on youtube and uh I remember our first one got to like a million views and then all of a sudden I, we were driving, went from like, Hey, come play a show. And I drive my like old Volkswagen to a show. And then the next time was like a van, but because these time flies Tuesdays were getting bigger, there was no specific song that was blowing up, but because people were hanging out with us every Tuesday on YouTube, it was like, we just kept having to upgrade the show venues. And I remember just being at this like 2000 person show and we pulled up in some like broken down van and I'm like, (laughs) what is happening? And then from there, you know, rest is history wow so with the with these time flies tuesdays you said you'd pick a to, like a, a topic out of a hat and just yep. freestyle off of it yep. and then it, would you do that live like how did you have these like were they songs at this point because it sounds like if you're just going off then it's just happening kind of in the moment right there so what we do is uh res would make a beat out of like a so one of the big ones we did was like miley cyrus we can't stop so mm-hmm. we take the chorus I'd sing the chorus and we'd redo the beat. And then for the verses, like the opening of the video would show him writing random words on like coffee filters or something stupid. <laughs> and then I just see the word and it would inspire something and I'd start freestyling. That is and, so rad. And we would, we incorporated it into our live show where we had like video walls behind us and you could te- like fans in the audience could text to the screen and they could put in their own word and it would pop up. And then uh, there was one song every night where I would, just start freestyling and it would be like it usually be like about the place i was in so if i was in milwaukee it would say like spotted cow which is very popular beer and like stuff Mm -hmm. like that 
Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a, cru- what a cruel concept. No yeah. one's doing that even now. No. Right. You think with technology, as far as it is, that I would know. be something, but you guys still can hold that as something that no one is still doing to this day. It's crazy because, and the wild thing I think about is, you know, the, the press that was written about us at that time was like, time flies, like, reinventing the internet all these things because of uh, this youtube following we were doing or that we had and that we were posting once a week and now i look back on that like once a week posting you can't survive doing that like these no not here, anymore everyone the content churn everyone's out here doing like once every like six hours they're doing a post and it's insane because that was that was exhausting for us we eventually had to pause time flies tuesday to focus on our albums which you know, was great. And we toured the world and it was, it was amazing. But the time flies Tuesday connection to our fans was, um, was really special. And I, I think is definitely a reason for our success. Yeah. I mean, not only, you know, reinventing the, would you say reinventing the internet? Not my words. And I yeah, was like, but, what, are you, but, what are you talking about? Right. But, no, but I mean, yeah. oh, even reinventing the entire like concept of like freestyle, like yeah. rap battling because you're you're almost you're doing it yourself because with somebody in the audience, it's just like, you know, Bumblebee. Right, and then exactly. you're like, blah, 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 where it's not like you're going back and forth against someone. You're almost competing. With it's, it's not a audience. battle. It's, it's more like um, it's just improv. Right, it's right. Like, exactly. I think it's really fun for people to see. Um, and it's fun for me. It's, a pan- it's more of a panic for me, not panic. <laughs> but like it's fun to watch someone. And I'll, I rewatch the videos. I like watching them because you can see me like, how am I going to get to Kim Kardashian as the topic? Like, right. what am I going to win? But it happens and it's like, it's fun. And so I think that's what's the edge of the seat is like when you watch a music video for a song, you're like, um, I'm gonna, I know the song. This is cool. But like, that's what's fun about improv or, you know, who's right. it anyway is one of my favorite shows. It's like, what are they, how are they going to pull this off? Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly improv. It's improv whether it be comedy, but you're doing it in, in music, which really no one's doing, not a lot of people at least. Yeah. That's really cool. So you, obviously you did time flies for a a while Mm -hmm. and now you're, you're doing a solo project. Tell me about that. When did that, when did you decide to, to, to start? So it was, um, I started the Cal project. I mean, I had the idea for it 2017, 2018, but it was August um 2018 that i uh yeah i think it was august is that right i should i should know this exact date but anyway august 2019 august 28 anyways what a year was stolen from us no one knows years anymore right i was gonna say was it right before the pandemic or a couple years before the pandemic? i think it was august 2018 but i just like i wanted to explore and I, I wish I'm still close with the time flies fans and, you know, there's obviously so much music there and so much history, but I wanted mm-hmm. to explore what would my sound sound like um, being in a band. It's hard to establish kind of one voice. And I wanted to um, kind of have my message. I think my like highest streaming song right now is the song is my, a song I wrote for my wedding, you know? Oh yeah. Crazy. And it was written as like a speech. It was a complete surprise. And it's now become the first dance song for so many people. And it's like, uh, it's just, you know, whose voice it is saying those things. Cause it's, it's me versus in a band, it gets a little more like, you know, I'm, we're telling Rob's story. We're telling my story. We're telling this story. And so for this, it's cool because I get to just, um, you know, 
have my like honesty and, and I've gotten mm-hmm. really into production um, and I wanted to explore some other elements on, on that side. So that's, this is pretty much, I'm here at all times. If you're, if you're ever wondering where I am, I'm facing <laughs> that way and doing things over here. Do you, so you do all the production yourself. Everything is done. I, co- I collaborate with a, a bunch of people. A lot uh-huh. of times the, the starts are just me or the finishes are me, but like there's so many talented people in this town. I feel like I'd be crazy not to involve other people, but uh, my newest song roll the credits, which mm-hmm. has gotten a great reaction. I did uh, with one of my friends, Chris, who's in Sweden. So we were actually collaborating through those time zones, but he's an incredible producer. And um, it, it's really just, um, it, it's really been awesome. It's been mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. When, when you put out your first song under just Cal, was that kind of a nerve wracking experience for you? Or are you excited? Like, were you worried how people would react that were fans of Time Flies? And I think time, the Time Flies community is just so much love that like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't worried because they have always shown me love and continue to show me love. I think the daunting thing was like, you know, the, the EP that came out was called The Identity Crisis. And it was one of, you know, it's something I've thought about my entire career because the one knock that we would get a lot of times is like, well, what are you? I can't put you in a box. Like what? You're rapping, but then you're, then you're like the on every soul cycle playlist, you're dance music, and then you're an acoustic song. And that was always like from an industry standpoint, a, a negative where I always thought that was kind of like a superpower to be like, it's definitely, there's a lot of ADHD going on on this side of the screen. So it's like, I want to do this today. I want to do this today. But um, I think for me, I got to showcase and do a lot of things that I was thinking this would be a cool sound for me to explore and just, and just be a hundred percent. It felt like that first improv class in high school where I was just like, you know, doing the arm movements. I was, this is so freeing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Right. With no yep, expectations. I yeah. I like that a lot. Um, once you, obviously the fans transferred over or not, or yeah. fans of both projects. I would, right. I would, so how does this like whole virus affect what you were doing? Like, were you working on this EP when COVID happened? Were you setting up a tour? Were you on the road? Like, tell me where you were at when that. It was interesting because the um, we were working on a campaign with that uh, that wedding song that I talked about because that dropped mm-hmm. in February and then the pandemic hit and there were so many people reaching out. I felt so terrible. So many people reaching out who had to postpone their weddings or stuff like oh, that. Yeah who wanted to use it. So I actually just sang, I actually just sang it at someone's uh, wedding for their first dance, but it's been crazy because it's amazing. So many weddings that every weekend I get all these videos of people, um, you know, performing it. And that, that's just so cool to me because, you know, other songs like songs live in moments, which is really hard to think about and articulate. And, and just when you're creating, you don't want to think about like, who's going to listen to this when you just want to create something. But it's true. Songs do live in moments. You listen to certain dance songs when you're in the gym or doing something that requires like, or you're going out to party and you listen to more like, ooh, acoustic strumming music or beach music when you're out by the pool. So I think at that time, you know, I was thinking about this is very cool because this exists in this wedding lane. Like no one's putting that on at a party, <laughs> you know, it's right, just, right. this is for that. And I love that. And now I get to explore all these other elements where I'm doing everything else. So the pandemic, I started doing these like quarantine videos where I was re- using the word COVID or something about it in videos, mm-hmm. but then we all got tired of that word, but that was, that was 
buzzing for a second. It was almost like time flies Tuesday esque. And then, um, and then I just started producing nonstop uh, everything. And so that helped me really hone my craft. And so the pandemic was, as it was for a lot of people, really frustrating and really hard, but also you grew in areas I don't think you expected to. So sure. With those, with this wedding song, I mean, how, how cool is it to be a part of, you know, people's the, the, the bet, you know, the, the most special day of their entire life and across the whole world that people are it's using crazy. this song. It's crazy. That's, that is so rad. Yeah. It feels very rewarding and very, when I see every time I have like the stupidest smile looking at my phone, when I see someone like post the thing, I'm like, Oh my God, you're doing your first dance. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, could you imagine looking back in, in high school or when you're in that class doing the, the, the arm yeah, things right? like, you know, and, and, 15 years or whatever it was from now, everyone is, or a handful of people are going to be playing a song that you wrote at their wedding. And they're going to be, this is going to be their first never you know, experience as husband and wife. Yeah. Ridiculous. That is so <laughs> rad. <laughs> so talk to me about uh, roll the credits is the newest song that you just put out. And this yeah. is going to be a part of your EP. Mm -hmm. um, you said you wrote this song with somebody you were in Sweden. Yeah. And was that done via Zoom? Like, how was that? It something... was actually done via Zoom. I had a, a a lot of the course written. I was hanging with a friend who, I think, sadly during the pandemic, a lot of people's relationships suffered or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, they were just going through the motions and telling me everything about how they were done, but they weren't. They're were like, yeah, but but I think we're good. And I just was like, it sounds like you're saying your relationship's over. And I kind of wrote this as like a piece of advice for my friend. And then it just started feeling so cool and getting started. I just fell in love with the song and I needed to put it out because it's interesting because in everything that I've done, it's always been my truth or my story. And this one is me telling some, giving someone else advice, but then kind of assuming their voice in the song. So mm -hmm. that was interesting for me, but song slaps and I, I love it. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, tell me about the record though. The, the rest of the records coming out this, this fall. Uh, yeah, it will be coming out, uh, in wait, no, it will be coming out in ne next year. Oh, next year. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, um, there are, you're going to like, I, I think what people have come to expect with my in the water song with uh, Quinn 92 and stuff like that, mm -hmm. it is, you know, what we talked about earlier, in the interview that's like the the classic rock harmonies with hip-hop influence and these like boom bappy drums and um i i just i want to be uh i want you to be rocking out when you're listening to it and so mm -hmm. things will be in that sound there's one acoustic that is a variation because you know I, I like to get adhd mm -hmm. with it but uh <laughs> other than that I, I think people are really going to enjoy it and it's it's a it's a feeling it's definitely that's so good. cool Mm -hmm. Do you have any other songs with Quinn 92? I know you have a couple out so far. Uh, right? We've worked on some other stuff, uh, but no, that's that's the only one I have out. And I, I played shows with that guy dating way back. He's a great, great guy. Yeah, I had a chance to interview him before. He is. Awesome. He's so nice. He's such yeah. a nice he's guy. Awesome. He's like secretly like the funniest person I know. <laughs> I'm sure you got some of the like. Oh, yeah. He's stuff. hilarious. Yeah, he is. And I didn't know what he, I didn't, you hear his, his voice doesn't match him either. Like, I was like when I was started researching, I'm like, I would have never guessed nope. that <laughs> this is no, I the think voice so, coming out of Quinn 92. It's so fun though, for music fans, like you think back to the, you know, Elvis didn't have Instagram followers, obviously everyone knew right. what he looks like, but then there are so many songs that people hear where they'll never look up what the person looks like. It's kind of like, 
I like romanticize that era where you didn't need to know everything about the artist. You were just like, I love their music. Right, right. Yeah. Or even further back when you didn't have the internet to look up what they look like, you had to actually buy the record and go through the liner that was, notes. That was or... the one picture. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, you get one photo of them. Yeah. <laughs> and you also do writing with other artists, correct? I do. I write and produce for a lot of uh, other artists. How's that going? Benson Boone, I saw that you, you worked with him. I work with Benson Boone, yeah. this um, I'm currently right now working on a song for uh, Jamie Miller who is incredible. If you don't know him, uh, he's going to be, remember his name because if you okay. don't know him, you're going to know him. I'm going to look him uh, up right after this. Yeah. It's, um, I just, it, it gives, you know, it's such a different sensation and a different part of the craft where it's like, am I going to say that if I'm not saying that as the artist, I get to help someone use their voice to say what they want to say. And so I have, I'm just like, I've really fallen in love with the process in a way that I never knew I could. And so, uh, it's it's been awesome. I'd imagine that's quite a bit different than writing because when you write a song now, do you sit down and just you just do it right? You do what you're gonna do, or you had an right. idea and you're gonna spark off that. But if you're writing with somebody else, do they come to you with an idea and you get to kind of help shape writing, that, or do you? Writing sessions are like therapy sessions. They're like okay. you talk about what's going on in your life and you just have a conversation, and then some you try to capture a feeling or an emotion that comes out of that and you write and there's a, you know, where I'm in Los Angeles and there's so many talented songwriters here. So you mix and match, you bring in different writers, you bring in different producers and we all collaborate. And it's, um, that's how the magic happens. It's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. Cause it does feel like a therapy session that all of a sudden turns into like beautiful music. Mm -hmm. I love it. I yeah. love it. Do you have any shows planned coming up or have you played live since the pandemic? I have not played live since the pandemic. Right now, I don't have any shows planned, but we're looking at stuff for uh, next year. And I'm definitely, I'm ready to get back to the stage, but also, I mean, I'm just living in here. So, I, I mean, that's the coolest feeling is when you go from here to the stage and you hear everyone singing the lyrics back to you. So I can't wait. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I really appreciate your time, Cal. This has been great. I thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank um, you for having me. I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I think um, one, you, you have to treat it nowadays, especially like it is a, um, a, I don't want to say a business, but you, you have to have goals. And I would listen to a lot of people, not just in music for advice, but you know, a lot of people in entrepreneurship who have started their own companies, because I think a lot of times artists don't realize when, when they're create when they're starting, you're, you're a brand and you're a business and you're really starting something. So write down your goals, even if they're crazy and say like in six months, I want to have three songs done or five songs and try to start hitting those because it, it's, it's a hobby, but it's not a hobby. It's a job. So you have to, you have to treat it like one. And, um, and that's, that's the advice I would give. Bring it in that word.